What an amazing weekend we just witnessed. No matter what part of the rugby league world you are from. In the heartlands, we saw some magic in Brisbane. In northern England, we witnessed the ultimate underdog story unfold in the Challenge Cup. Then we ventured into new territory as an Italian club played their first ever match in the Balkan Super League. This weekend, we continue to break new ground. An international nines tournament in Canada. We've got Turkey, who will host their first ever women's international match against Italy. We've got Catalan Dragons and Wigan Warriors, who will take Super League to Barcelona. And we've got Greece and Norway. They'll do battle to go one step closer to a maiden World Cup berth. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 23 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Let's go. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, a rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Guys, welcome to the show where the podcasts that are dedicated to international rugby league and domestic expansion are anywhere in the world, anywhere where they play the greatest game of all. Guys, we, it's growing. We're loving watching it and uh, I'm really excited. So much to talk about tonight. Uh, normally we go three topics plus some golden points, but there's just too much to squeeze in there. So I'm just going to see how I go, talk about some stuff that's on my mind and uh, yeah, give us your feedback, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like. Uh, and I just hope you enjoy the show, guys, as much as I enjoy giving you the show. I was actually thinking today, and I was actually having a chat to the other boys about if I was a listener of the show, when I would listen to this, because there is so much great content out there, whether you follow the NRL or the Super League. And I think what I would do is probably it would be an international sandwich, which is in between uh, some NRL pieces of bread. So uh, probably a silly way to describe that, guys. But I'd probably listen to Six Tackles with Gus. Then I'd get your international fix with Chasing Kangaroos. And then I'd listen to the Matty Johns podcast. Uh, Other people would do it differently. They just want all international stuff and development. They'd probably listen to Nate Gladden's Rugby League in America. Then they'd listen to us. Then they'd listen to the Howlin' Hour. Uh, You've got the new Hard Yards podcast by Lee Addison, which which is a good one. So I recommend you listen to that if you enjoy listening to us. Guys, there's so much content out there. Uh, Look, and so I just want to say thank you if you're listening and squeezing us in. I want to say thanks. So I'm doing this for you guys. um, And yeah, just hope you're enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying recording. Cheers. Let's get stuck in. There is so much to talk about, as you heard right at the top. Uh, Let's do it. Well, guys, Magic Round, how good was it? I think we can all agree that the NRL's first Magic Round was a huge success. And I must admit, I wasn't sure. Uh, this time last week, I wasn't sure. I said it on the show. Wanted to reserve my judgment until the after the event. Well, here we are after the event. Fuck, it was amazing. Uh, can't wait till next one. Might have to go to it. Uh, very envious that I wasn't there because it looked amazing. Uh, an absolute festival of rugby league. All the players, all the teams in one city. Uh, lots of community work happening at the ground level as well. Um, 135,000 fans went through the gates. We had some good matches as well. Unfortunately, my Dragons went down. They, uh, little, we won't talk too much about that. Uh, if you watched it up until halftime, you would have thought it was all over, but uh, the Warriors did come back. Uh, Melbourne Storm, weren't they impressive? Um, I just can't believe that they keep producing uh, 
talented fullbacks and halfbacks and hookers. They just keep coming through, doing the same old job, and they just don't they don't tire. And uh, yeah, Parramatta have to have a good look at themselves after that match. Uh, Roosters Canberra was another good game. Uh, there was just so much great rugby league played over the weekend in the Magic Round. Each club, each home club, they're going to receive reportedly 270k each from this great windfall for the for those teams normally they'd expect to earn maybe about 60k from home games uh, for the sydney clubs in particular anyway so it's going to be it's massive for those sides and i think everyone every team is going to want it to be their home game next year um the only criticism i guess that i have heard from the magic round that it should have been over th- held over three days instead of four so pushing that thursday night game uh, to friday to have a double header uh, we, we heard during the week that the nrl uh, really was pushing for that. It was actually Channel 9 who uh, wouldn't let go of Thursdays. It's the highest rating night of the week of Rugby League, so they really wanted to keep that. But hopefully next year something can be sorted out because I think uh, three days would be ideal uh, for the Magic Round. Speaking of next year, we do know that the event will be set to return to Brisbane uh, for definitely for next year, and then there's an option for the year after that. Uh, and that's been the biggest question really to come out of the weekend is how do we use this vehicle as a tool to grow the game? Where do we take it next? Uh, some people are saying Sydney. I think that's a big mistake. I think like it's magic round every week in Sydney, right? It's like it's like when when you're a kid and you say, oh, Mother's Day, Father's Day. When is it Kids Day? It's every day is Kids Day. Well, every week's magic round in Sydney. We have so many games every weekend, and uh, not all of those are very well <laughs> well attended. So I don't think Sydney is the place to go. Really, this round is about. Uh, the fans of a city getting together and people from Sydney, uh, a little bit of an excuse to have a holiday. I think the perfect place for Magic Round after Brisbane is going to be, I know you're probably expecting me to say Perth. I think that'll be excellent, but I'm going to say Melbourne. I think that sporting precinct in Melbourne is fantastic, and I can just imagine 150,000 rugby league fans uh, really tearing it up, uh, and tearing it up is probably a bad <laughs> bad, bad way to describe it because uh, everyone very well behaved on all reports, nothing on the back pages of the newspapers uh, in terms of poor behaviour for fans or players in Brisbane over the weekend, which was fantastic. But I think Melbourne would be an ideal place to host Magic Ground, maybe 2021 or 2022. After that, I'd be looking at Perth. I'd be looking at it at Auckland. We've also heard reports that the NRL could potentially be taking this overseas. So USA, Hong Kong, Singapore, even England, I think would be really cool later on down the track. But guys, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, we'll remember that the Auckland Nines first year was amazing. Second year was great. But after that, it starts to taper off a little bit. Uh, the Magic Round over in the UK, over in English Super League, first year, fantastic. Second year, great. But after that, starts to taper off a little bit. I've even heard people complaining about it. Even further back, I, I, I the guys from uh, the Rugby League pot Project on Twitter, they mentioned, I read today, that... There was there was kind of a version of Magic Round in the New South Wales Rugby League in the in the nineteen seventies. They called it the Rugby League. I think it was called the Rugby League, the Ligafon. Sorry, uh, and first year was great. Second year was good, but then after that it just starts to taper off a little bit. So it's really important that the NRL doesn't rest on their laurels. Yes, it was a great event, but next year it needs to be bigger and better. We had one hundred thirty-five thousand people through the gates this year. We need 140 or 145 the next year. We need 150 the year after. It needs to get bigger, better. They need to find ways to do it, and they need to make sure that this is not just a one-off short-term windfall for these clubs, that it is an ongoing tool that will help us. Hashtag grow the game. 
So Greece and Norway, and who would have thought just a few short years ago that we'd be talking about these guys when it comes to taking the next step in World Cup qualification. And this is going to be the biggest game in the short rugby league histories of both of these nations. It's all happening at New River Stadium in London this weekend. So let's take a look at how they got there. So for Greece, they started off their group stage with a narrow defeat of the Ukraine 28-26 to before absolutely shellacking Malta 60 points to 4. For Norway, it was a little bit different. They lost their first match to Czech Republic 20-12, to before upsetting Germany 40 points to 22 to proceed onto the next stage on for and against. Now, both of these guys are going to be running on adrenaline. They won't leave anything out on the field. It's huge for both of them. Uh, it's going to take them one step closer to World Cup inclusion, and it's important for both nations because World Cup inclusion could potentially give them a massive boost in their home countries. Uh, for both Norway and Greece, it's a chance for government recognition, which they don't have, and definitely an increased profile uh, of the sport back home. So it's going to be huge huge. Um, do either of these teams have a chance of making the World Cup? Well, look, the winner is going to be in for a real shot, I think. They'll progress to the final round of World Cup qualifiers over in the Europe, European pools. Uh, they'll be pulled with Scotland and Russia. So two of those three teams will qualify. So they'd really be one game away from a, from a World Cup berth, and it's going to be huge for whoever does win. So who is the team that I think is going to take it out? Look, for me... Uh, it's a, it, it's a tough one because I haven't seen a lot of the Norwegian side, to be honest with you. I know their halfback and captain Nathan Cummins are from the Stavanger Storm. He's actually a heritage player. He's the brother of Nick Cummins, the honey badger, um, over, over in Australian Rugby Union. Um, so he's, he's really been leading the way and really helping grow Rugby League in Norway. He's been an absolute legend over there. But I think Greece, they're going to be way, way too strong, especially in the forwards. So I've got a little bit of inside info in terms of players from our good friend Stuart McLennan, coach of the RS Eagles. Uh, and he's, he's given me some info on a couple of their heritage players and a couple of their domestic players as well. So we'll start off heritage player Peter Mamouselos, uh, he's the hooker for Greece this weekend. 18-year-old, he played SG ball for South Sydney last year. He's going to offer some speed around the ruck that nations at this level, they're just not used to. We've got Stefanos Bastos, who is a front rower. We've mentioned him on the show before. So he actually started his career for the undefeated Rhodes Knights over in the Greek Domestic League. And he's now in his second second year in League One over in England. So he's playing for Doncaster at the moment. He's, he's going great guns as well. And he's really going to lead the way for this Greek side. We've got... Um, Janus Rossoglu, who I've probably I've probably pronounced that incorrectly. Sorry, Janus, mate. Uh, he's a front rower, second rower. Uh, he's, he actually plays for the RS Eagles at the moment. He's been one of the top domestic players in Greece since 2017. And then finally, heritage player Jordan Meads. He's the halfback slash five eighth. He's uh, the captain. He's the organizer. He actually played a little bit of under twenties, kicked the winning field goal uh, for the New Zealand Warriors in their grand final victory over the Cowboys uh, in 2011. He now plays uh, for Queensland side Barrowell Bulldogs, and he's really going to steer this side around. I think this one's going to be close early. There's going to be a lot of passion, determination for, from both sides, but I think Greece is going to run away with it. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win by a lot, but I think in the end it will be it will be comfortable for them. We we are expecting to hear about a live stream soon, so 
uh, the, the Rugby League European Federation are expected to announce that shortly. Uh, it may be announced by the time this podcast goes to air. So if it does, be sure to check out our social media. We'll probably, uh, we'll probably mention it on Facebook. So make sure you give us a like and, and check that live stream out. Uh, it's going to be a good one. So uh, I just want to say good luck to both sides. Uh, my tip is Greece. But uh, look, I've been wrong before. Uh, let's see how they go. Well, guys, another event that I will be excited, very excited about this weekend is, of course, the America's Nines. It's the first time it's happening, and it's happening in Toronto, Canada, uh, this weekend. It's going to be four men's teams involved, as you know, USA, Canada, Jamaica, and the Latin Heat. Uh, There's also going to be a women's tournament. This was announced a couple of days ago, so there'll be three sides there. So the Canada Ravens Select side, there'll be an Ontario side, and the Jamaican Heritage team as well. So, what do we know about these teams? Well, not a lot. Uh, USA side has been named. It was named a little while ago. So there are there are some some. It's a strong side actually. They've got some names there like Brandon Anderson and Jamil Robinson from Red Star Belgrade, who we talk about quite a bit on this show. Guys like Kevin Reed, who's been playing in Australia for a little while, uh, and guys who've just been in and around that USA Hawks setup for quite some time. David Olch, uh, Matt Walsh, Nick Newling, uh, people like that. So they've got a strong side, and like they've got a lot to play for because out of these four teams. Uh, they're going to be the only ones that are going to be joining us over in Parramatta uh, for the Rugby League Nines World Cup later this year. So I think the other sides are going to have a bit to say about that, though. So Jamaica, uh, we don't know a lot about their side. I don't think it's been named yet, or I haven't heard it if it has been. But they're going to they're going to be hungry for a win here because they want to show the Rugby League world that they should have been selected for that Nines World Cup later this year. They're coming fresh off their domestic competition as well, so this should give them a little bit of an advantage. They're going to be match fit, whereas the guys from the US and Canada in particular, their comps are just starting. So um, I think Jamaica might have an advantage there. The Canadian side has been named. It was named today. I haven't had a chance to look through it there to see if there's any names that I do recognise, but, but they've assembled a squad, uh, and they're going to be looking for a very strong uh, showing for their home fans as well. Um, and in terms of Latin Heat... Haven't heard if they've announced their squad either yet. So what can we expect from Toronto? Well, organisers are hoping from for a crowd of around about 3,000 people. A lot of them will be Wolfpack season ticket holders, so they've already had a taste of rugby league, and they're going to get a taste of the International Nines version of it. Hopefully they absolutely love it. Hopefully they get some good weather and a really good crowd there as well. Uh, who do I think is going to win? I don't know if I'm prepared to... to place a bet here. I'm not too sure who it's going to be. I know USA are going to be hungry. They need to prove that their selection or their inclusion in the Nines World Cup later on this year uh, was, was, they're worthy of it. Uh, Jamaica are going to have something to say about that. Um, But look, I don't want to discount Canada or the Latin Heat also. Sorry, Sorry, I just don't want to say, because I remember any people that have been listening to this show for quite some time, they will remember the America's, uh, the America's qualifiers late last year, where I pretty much said USA were shoo-in to make the World Cup, and we all know what happened there, Jamaica qualifying. So, look, it's going to be interesting. Can't wait to find out more and hear from the guys over there uh, as to what happened. And, uh, yeah, really exciting times for Rugby League over in Canada and the Americas. <laughs>
All right, well, over to the Balkan Super League, and we had two matches over the weekend. Uh, first one between the Lignano Sharks and Dorical Spiders. This was a big one because it was the first game ever in history of Rugby League for the Lignano Sharks side. We've been talking about them quite a bit. I think way back in episode 11, we introduced them to you guys, the listeners in the Rugby League world. Uh, we've been waiting a little while to see them get onto the field and see what they've got. Uh, they they went down, so for baptism of fire, Dorkle Spiders, they won this one, 38-10. Uh, the crowd, according to the Balkan Super League website, was 100. Uh, nice clean round number, so not sure if they counted heads or if that's just an estimate. So for Dorkle, this was a great win because uh, they've lost their last three matches, uh, either in the Balkan Super League or Serbian Rugby League domestic competition. They dictated the game uh, from the start. They were cruising with a 26-0 lead at halftime. The Italian side, uh, they came out of the second half and put up a little bit of a fight. Uh, Both sides scored two tries apiece there. Uh, I spoke to one of the Lignano founders, Davide McCaw, after the match to see what the vibe was around the club. He said it was very proud of what the boys achieved in their first hit out. He said it was tough, but their coach, uh, Tiziano Francini, uh, has some very positive things to build on at training. He also hinted that there there would be a few players coming on board for their second round matchup against Greek side, the RS Eagles, uh, in a few weeks' time. So watch this space, but look, good to see them get a hit out and uh, good to see Dorkle Spiders getting on the board for the Balkan Super League as well, uh, first division. The other match in Balkan Super League this weekend, it was the first game of the Balkan Super League season for Turkish champions, the Katakoy Bulls, uh, up against Lokomotiv Sofia. Uh, the Bulls absolutely shellacked them, 82 points to 10. According to the Balkan Super League website, we had a crowd of 150 here as well. So again, not sure if that's an estimation or if they actually counted heads. Uh, but Katakoy were very impressive. Uh, I was speaking to one of my contacts in Turkey. They were very quick to mention that uh, uh, Lokomotiv Sofia had a couple of players missing. So they didn't want to they didn't want to talk this win up too much. But uh, look, I think 82-10 Absolute shellacking, very impressive, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see so what happens on that side of the draw. So um, the next Balkan Super League First Division fixtures, on June 1, we're going to see Radniki Nis host Katakoy. Uh, then we're going to see on June 2nd, Aris Eagles will host Lignano. June 3, Partisan Belgrade will host Lokomotiv Sofia. And June uh, June 3 as well, Dorkul Spiders will host Red Star Belgrade in a Serbian derby so most of the sides have had maybe one or two matches now in the Balkan Super League, and we can start to see some clear favourites emerging in both the A and B side of the first division. So I think it's going to be safe to make a few predictions now. I think on the A side of the competition, uh, I think, look, Red Star Belgrade, uh, they're going to go through undefeated on this side, and they're going to be very, very difficult to beat when it comes to the finals. A, a bold prediction that I want to make right now is that the RS Eagles will be the first Greek side to make the semi-finals. You heard it here first. Very confident of that. Uh, and then uh, then it will be um, Dorkle Spiders and then Lignano Sharks looking uh, to, to stay in the first division for next year. On the B side of the competition... It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens between Katakoy and Partisan. They're going to play in round three uh, to pretty much, I think, decide who's going to be the leader or who's going to who's going to take out the B side of first division and go on to hopefully challenge 
Red Star Belgrade because we want to see some competitive rugby league over in the Balkan Super League. Uh, Katakoi, they as we just mentioned, they beat Lokomotiv Sofia eighty-two to ten. Uh, the Partisan Belgrade side who who played Red Star in all of the all of the grand finals last year, pretty much either Serbian or Balkan, um, they beat Lokomotiv Sofia I think by about forty or fifty. So going to be interesting to see what happens when Katakoi plays Partisan and. Hopefully one of those guys can put up a fight, and I think it'll be very interesting to see uh, uh, the Turkish champions, Katakoy. If they can make the grand final, they'll be the first first Turkish side to do so. It'll be very interesting to see, but my early, early prediction, uh, Red Star Belgrade, Katakoy Bulls, grand final in the Balkan Super League. <laughs> Well, guys, another topic, and uh, look, I don't know if I'm going to have enough golden points today because we just keep going topic for topic, but there's just been so much to talk about. There are shorter topics, but yeah, I hope you don't mind me going a little bit more than three. But in the Challenge Cup, guys, I have to talk about this, but championship side, the Bradford Bulls, they appear to be this year's fairy tale club. They defeated Super League side and their fierce local derby rivals, Leeds, 24-22, to to qualify for the finals. So it's been a fa- over a 1,000 days since these clubs last met, which is the last time Bradford were in the Super League. So anyone that understands that history, Bradford, obviously one of the more successful clubs in, in Super League history. Uh, they went bankrupt a number of years ago. They were reformed, and they started out in the League One. They're now in the Championship. So they haven't played Leeds, who is a very fierce local rival for quite some time. Um, just for the Australian fans, just to give them a little bit of perspective, this would be a little bit like the North Sydney Bears coming out and defeating the Manly Sea Eagles. That's, that's how big this is. There's a huge crowd on hand to see the Bulls qualify for the top eight of the tournament, probably about 10,000 fans there, which was fantastic for, for, for a championship side. Um, and they've been drawn to face fellow championship side Halifax in the next round. So their fans are going to like their chances of making the top four. Um, so th- this is just the great story that the ch- that the Challenge Cup needed. Uh, you remember at the very beginning, um, we're talking about w- why Toronto Wolfpack aren't there and, and even sides like Toulouse as well. But we're starting to forget all that because we love a fairy tale and Bradford are certainly that. Um, the, the Challenge Cup quarterfinal draw will see St. Helens play Wakefield. Uh, Bradford, as we mentioned, will play Halifax. Hull KR will play Warrington. And Hull FC will play the current cup holders, Catalan Dragons. Uh, my predictions are St. Helens, uh, Bradford, Warrington, and Catalans. Like I say all the time, though, I have been wrong before. And it, it got me thinking as well uh, about the idea of a Challenge Cup-style tournament in Australia. I always think about it, or I think about it every now and then. I just think, would it work here, would it not? I know we've had the Amco Cup uh, I think in the 70s and, and 80s. I know my, I'm, I'm too young to remember it, but my dad speaks of it fondly, going to Leichhardt Oval uh, on a Wednesday night to watch the knockout tournament, which was known as the Amco Cup. I think back then it was fantastic. The game wasn't as professional. Uh, it was a Wednesday night, so some clubs were playing two, two nights a week. Um, so I don't think that could really happen in that fashion anymore. I think if it was to happen over here in Australia, um, we'd need to see... Uh, four less rounds in the NRL competition to accommodate for this. I just don't know if the NRL would do that or if the fans are hungry enough for it. In my mind, it's very romantic to be able to think that it would be awesome to see like the Redcliffe Dolphins playing the Brisbane Broncos or, or see North Sydney play Manly or see the Newtown Jets play the Tigers or, or something like that. Um, but will it work? I'm not too sure. Do the people want to see it? I'm not too sure. And it's a little bit different over here in Australia in that, you know, Newtown Jets uh, are a feeder side for an NRL side. North Sydney are a feeder side to the Roosters. Um, so not sure if it will work, but 
I hope it's something that we do discuss later on down the track or or it is thought about later on down the track because it would be cool to be able to see sides from the country rugby league uh, getting involved, Queensland Cup, Canterbury Cup, sides from New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. Uh, it would be fantastic. Um, yeah, like I said, not sure if it will work. But look, you know what? I'm going to throw it to you guys. So I might uh, post this question up on our social media. So if you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter in the next couple of days, I'm going to ask what you think about a Challenge Cup-style event happening in Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, and, and the Pacific, I guess. Uh, let me know what you think. All right, guys, let's get into a bit of golden points. And I, I really could have made all of these topics tonight. I'm that excited about what's going on in the world of rugby league, but I think I better get into golden points and wrap this up. Um, guys, let's start off golden point in Serbia. A true test is coming for Red Star Belgrade, who will host uh, the Lancashire Lionheart. So this is a rep side from northwest England on the 15th of May, which uh, it, by the time I release this episode, the game may have happened. So look out on our socials for that. Or check out the Red Star Facebook page for the live stream. It's going to be pretty good. This um, this will be the first time that the Serbian and Balkan champions have faced an English side since their history-making Challenge Cup loss to Milam earlier in the year, and they're going to be looking to rectify that. So this could be one of the biggest games for them uh, outside, of, outside of that Challenge, uh, that challenge Cup, and uh, it'll put them in good stead for next year's Challenge Cup, you would think, if they can get the win. Let's see what happens. Guys, golden point over to Turkey. So last week we mentioned that Turkey will play their first women's international fixture in a friendly versus Italy. That's happening this weekend. And my prediction, uh, look, you all know that I'm Italian-Australian, so it pains me to say this, but even though it's their first match, I think Turkey will be too strong. Uh, the first women's domestic league was a success at the end of the year and with the likes of women's championship player uh, Ikem Akigoz, uh, sorry about the pronunciation, guys. Uh, she plays for Halifax over in the championship in England. Uh, I think they will be too strong for the Italians, uh, but watch this space. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the Golden Points next week as well. Guys, Golden Point over to Barcelona. And this could be a topic next week for sure. So it's the other huge event for this weekend. It's Catalan Dragons versus Wigan at New Camp in Barcelona. On last report, we're expecting over 30,000 people at the stadium, which uh, would make it the big, uh, the most well-attended uh, regular season Super League match in history of Super League. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. My prediction for this one, Catalans. Uh, so let's see how they go. Uh, hoping they get a win for for the uh for the Catalonians over in, in that on that side of Spain. Guys Golden Point over to Scotland. So the Edinburgh Eagles, they're continuing their winning ways in the North East English League with a 32-12 victory over the Catterick Crusaders. We mentioned them last week as well, and I'm going to keep mentioning them until they lose. Uh, they're my adopted Scottish side, Edinburgh Eagles. Keep on winning, boys. Let's let's do this for Scotland. Guys, uh, golden point over to Papua New Guinea, and in the same vein, the, the Agmark Gurriers, they remain undefeated after six rounds, this time with a convincing 44-6 win over the Hagen Eagles. And once again, I'm going to keep mentioning the Gurriers side until they lose. So keep winning, boys. Uh, loving, loving, loving uh, the Digicel Papua New Guinea Cup this year. The highlights are great. Get your hands on it if you can. Guys, golden point. This is a final golden point for the night. Uh, and over to South Africa. Uh, now, I read an article uh, from South African news outlet Sports24 recently. And this, this one I actually found on the front row forums over at League Unlimited. Uh, and the article's a couple of months old now, but this article was mostly about South African rugby posting a modest profit for the year. 
Now, I'm not usually all too fussed about rugby union in South Africa. However, buried towards the end of the article was this paragraph. The meeting also accepted into association membership South African Rugby League. The application was made under the terms of the requirements of South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee, which directs that all similar sports fall under one national mother body. Uh, so basically what this means is Rugby League in South Africa now falls under the Rugby Union South Africa umbrella uh, in accordance with, with the, the, not the law over there, but their sporting bodies laws over there. So the question is, is this bad news for Rugby League in South Africa or is it a blessing in, in disguise? Does it mean that Rugby League will now be recognised and, and be able to divert funds to the sport? Uh, or does it mean that it's the end for Rugby League because there will forever be in Rugby Union's shadow? Um, no doubt if a handful of Rugby Union players tried League, they could go from a minor to mid-nation in our sport in no time. But look, given the history of Rugby Union trying to squash Rugby League in South Africa and around the world... I can't see this being anything but bad news. Um, haven't heard much about it since. Hopefully we hear a little bit about it in the lead-up to South Africa's uh, World Cup qualifying uh, next step against the Cook Islands, which is, happening, uh, which is happening very soon. But look, to me, not great news. Uh, watch this space. Let's see what happens in South Africa. Well, there we go, guys. And I just realised I've ended on a little bit of a low note after the high of uh, this episode. There's there's so much going on in the world of rugby league, so I don't want that South African news to damper that. But so much to look look forward to this weekend, which means it's going to be a great episode next weekend as well. Hopefully, I've got Jake or Charlie with me again because it's getting a bit lonely doing this one solo, but I'm having a lot of fun all the same. Um, I've also got an interview lined up. Uh, very soon, which I've been trying to get across the line over the last couple of weeks, but there's been a few uh, conflicting uh, scheduling issues. So it's going to be a really interesting one, really excited about it. So hoping I can make that happen soon. Watch this space. Uh, guys, thank you as always to Mascord Browns, our affiliate our sponsors of the show, who have given you a 10% discount on, on all of their gear, except for Wigan Warriors gear, of course, uh, on the mascordbrowns.com website and mascordbrowns.com.au, the new Australian website as well. Just at shopping at the shopping cart or at the time of purchase, use the discount code Kangaroo Court. That's Kangaroo, C-A-U-G-H-T, for 10% off your international swag. Uh, guys, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So much going on there, and we're really building up a nice little community. So, which leads me to my next point. If you do like the show, please, please, please tell your friends. Let them know about us. Let's keep spreading the word of uh, International Rugby League. Hashtag grow the game. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all of those good good things. But let's keep building this International Rugby League community and let's keep uh, and, and allow me to tell as many people as I can about absolutely everything that is going on in the world of rugby league. As always, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week and fuck you, Nagati.